Welcome to The Bar is Loaded, your only stop for all things strength-related, with your hosts, Danny Taylor and Thomas Regan. Gentlemen, The Bar is Loaded. Welcome to The Bar is Loaded. My name is Danny Taylor. And I am Thomas Regan. We've got a special guest with us today, Tess O'Flaherty. Thanks for coming on the show, Tess. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. We've just finished the session, haven't we? It went really well. Yeah, yeah. Really good session. Really pleased. Tess has uh, been with me as an online client uh, for about six months. Something like that, Something yeah. Something like that, but we've been involved for, uh, we've had a relationship for about a year and a half, something like that. Something like that. We met at competitions, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, British powerlifting competitions. Yeah. Um, and then you, I think you just came down to do one of ours, didn't you? Or um, to help no, out? I've been to your... I can't remember. No, I've been to your Battle of the Bar... Did you lift um, that or did you just help? You um, lifted, didn't you? I helped this year and then last year I lifted. And no, I think I've only been to two out of the three, actually. So, yeah, I lifted uh, last year and volunteered this year. There we go. So you're a powerlifter then? Yes, so I you do powerlifting. Yeah. yeah. For those of you guys who are watching or listening, Tess is a competitive powerlifter. She's also competed in Olympic weightlifting. Um, you might not notice... But Tess is actually in in her fifties. She doesn't look it. Uh, she's in good Bless shape. You. She definitely outlives you if you listen to this. Uh, but that's some of the things that we're going to discuss today. It's um, some of the challenges that Tess may have faced uh, lifting at the age she, she is, and um, some of the experiences that you've had. What got you into it? And um, we're going to talk a little bit about your bug thingy. You're yes, a bug lady, I'm, I'm, aren't you? I'm an entomophagist. Entomophagist. Yes. No idea what that is, but I'm going to Google that right now. It's, see what the definition is. Give, give us your definition. Uh, ento is Greek for insect. Uh, Mophagy is to devour. Entomologist. Entomophagist. Entomophagist. Yes. Um. So, so entomophagy is to devour insects. Which we all did at one point. That's interesting. Uh, so what, entomophagist, uh, entomophagist, entomophobia. Is that that'll be a phobia of insects? That'll be the fear of eating Also insects. known as insect phobia. Yeah, is a specific phobia characterized by an excessive or unrealistic fear of one or more classes of insect. Have you ever had that? Never. No. Have no. you been? Have you? Um. Like, they don't bother me, but it's just like... It's just annoying, aren't they? Yeah, get away. Yeah, bugs are annoying. So, yeah, um, flies are the, are the worst. Fly, yeah, blue bottles in the summer. Not worse than blue. They only seem to, uh, they only seem the to occur in Liverpool as well. Never no, seen them outside of the city. There, there's a, there's actually... I'm on YouTube, um, and it, I think it's called The Flycatcher um, and Lash Longwater. If you search Flycatcher, Lash Longwater... Um, I catch flies and I put them into Venus fly traps. You? Yeah. Are you famous for this? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. My husband said, oh, go viral. This will go viral. And it didn't. And I think it had about five likes. <laughs> make, make it six. Is this on YouTube? Yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it's going, it's going on. on. Yeah, put it on. <laughs> We're going to put the link for this in the description, by the way. Yeah. So you can give it a like as well. What am I searching? Lash long water. Lash long. Lash long water. Is everything in caps? And fly catcher. Lash long water. Fly. I'm just going to put that and see what up. No, see what comes up. Uh, okay, you didn't come up. And I only got five likes. It's a- fly catcher. Lash long water. Fly catcher. Make a genius fly trap. Four no. four hundred thousand views. No. <laughs> <laughs> No. No, my fingers are uh, the um, fly trap. What, you catch them? Like? I catch them. Right, I can't find this video, but send us it and we'll put it in the description. Okay, yeah. For, for everyone to watch. So what, you just like look like, like Mr Miyagi and just go like... Oh, no, you just, you just sort of go up behind them when they're on the window. You go up behind them and then you just Oh my God, this is like a skill, that. isn't it? I've heard about this now. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is a skill. <laughs> Yeah, stealth, my, isn't it? But, but I don't pop them into my mouth because I don't. I wouldn't want to eat a fly because I don't. You know, Just eat shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, Flies are important for for that, aren't they? Because they they degrade. They do. Um, they're needed. They are needed. Waste. And and the 
the food for birds. Food for birds. Food, food for and, the birds. Um, I've seen wasps like attacking flies and stuff as well. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe you know more than I do no. on that subject. Now I hate wasps. Okay, if uh, if you know anything about that, then leave a comment. And um, we're not going to Google that. Over to the powerlifting and the, uh, the the lifting and the training side of things, then Tess. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason why we wanted to get Tess on the show was because. Um, we wanted a female's perspective as well on things because um, it's definitely more, uh, say, mainstream for people to do. It's more common to see ladies lifting weights in the gym now, but five to ten years ago, it was forbidden. Like, you would not see any women in the weights area. They'd be all the way on the cardio machines, pretty much, or using the resistance machines. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your journey with lifting and with weight training. How did you start and what got you to where you are now? Well, um, what you said is, is true because um, I think I was always, I've always been active. Um, I used to teach aerobics um, and my life at one point was just aerobics, aerobics and what have you. And then um, I once then heard a friend that I worked with, um, her name is Avril Hughes, I think a lot of listeners might know. Avril Hughes, of, why does that ring a bell? Avril, everyone knows Avril Hughes. Um, Did she compete at Battle of the she, Bar? She, she's competed at 72 body weight, very, very tall. Absolutely. Is she your age? No, no, no. Um, what is your age, just for reference? 51. 51. Um, you look great. Thank you. You do? <laughs> You're strong oh, yeah, as hell yeah. as well. But um, but I watched I watched um, Av's lift at Into Shape and Calm, and ah, I, d- I know who she is. Yeah, very yeah. tall, blonde, really Nuts. good looking. Nuts. Nuts. Abs- that's is that where you get it from? <laughs> she is crazy. Well, it's 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 us Chester people. I, I think I remember this in Calm in the little box. Yeah. I'm like, obviously because it's so enclosed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether she does it as part of a warm up or like her re- general routine, but I just. Re- the reason why I know her is because she used to make so much noise warming up. Like yeah. she used to be screaming the place down with she, like an empty She was bar. a vocal lifter, yeah. Very, very yeah. aggressive, yeah. But um, so I've, I watched Abs and I just thought I've got to have a bit of this. And um, why were you there? Um, because she said nobody ever went to watch her from work. Um, okay, got you. And, and she got never you. got sort yeah. of support. So, you know so, from work. so yeah, I know from work. So. Um, so I went to watch her and just I was just like um, there was also like little jam jammy um, incredible little lifter and I thought I've got to I've got to get into this and um, so uh, I met Avs at the UTS on the Wirral because that was her gym until I think they banned her for being so noisy and um, anyway so I was I was lifting and she when you said, know you're loud yeah. <laughs> Um, and I've said, you know, Tess, you're quite strong. So, right. and then, and then that was that really. Um, Fair play. So that, that's what inspired you essentially to to compete. And this is in powerlifting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, at this point, you'd only ever done aerobic stuff. You'd never lifted weights. Um, I lifted weights, but um, you know, you, you don't know sort of what you're doing, and you do sort of three sets of ten of like five kilos or something you know you just sort of but yeah it was mainly aerobics anyway and then um so then I my first coach was um uh Jim Blanchflower over in Colm yeah I know Jim very well he's the president of the Northwest Powerlifting Federation yeah part of British Powerlifting formerly Um, the GBPF for for those of you who don't know but um and I went there for quite a while, but travelling Chester up to Colm. It's an absolute mish. Uh, it's on, just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Where is it? Um, it's, it's sort of South Yorkshire, almost sort of kind of nightly sort of direction. It's it's at the... It's past Burnley. Yeah. Um, I had to do the M65, which is just horrible. Anyway, so... Um, it wasn't sustainable for me to continue going there because in the winter, it, like, um, uh, I nearly crashed a couple of times on the M6 and I thought, I've got to find somewhere in Chester. Mm. But Chester really had nothing at all. Um, 
So, but um, I did lift uh, under uh, Jim's instruction um, in 2016, and it was sort of my first comp, and I got all the records uh, in bench, squat, and deadlift. What were those records? Can you remember? Um, I think it was 50 bench. I think 80 squat and um, I think deadlift was 90, something like that. Nice. Um, the deadlift I no longer have. Um, somebody else has pinched that off me at the 52 M1 um, category. So you were competing in the 52 kilo class back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, what weight class are you competing now? Or well, I actually cut a lot um, because my natural weight is 57. Okay. Um, so I did cut quite a bit of weight, um, and I found that really difficult. Yeah. And I don't know why I did it actually now, because um, I did the water loading and all of that nonsense, and it oh never again. Not safe to do. No. Nope. And uh, it can cause some damage later on in your life. You don't like that, do you? That water cut. Um, Dangerous, and it's not recommended either. No. Oh no! I've ne- I'll never do it again. Never do it again. So then in. 2017 I lifted under my natural body weight 57 kilo um, but I was an M2 by then and I've got the Northwest Divisional records for, for the lifts. M2, so when you say M2 we're talking the Masters age class Yeah. yeah. so that what, once you turn 40 you become a Masters lifter, the senior age and this is in the IPF, under the IPF rule and International Power for Federation for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about Um you are an open class from the age of 24 until 39. Well, the, if, you, if you're 40 on 1st of January, um, then you become a master's lifter, basically. And then f- yeah. I believe it's 40 to 49. That's Master's correct. one, 50 to 59 is master's two. Yeah. Um, 60 to 69 is master's three. And then I believe it's 70 plus is master's four. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's any more classes after that. It really depends on what federation you're competing in. I know there's other federations like the BPU that we're a part of where um, there's more master's classes. I think it goes up to like six or something. Yeah. Um, and it's five years per class. So if you were in the BPU, you'd be uh, master's three. I yes. Think. I think that's correct. Sound about right. It up, yeah. Are you staying in the IPF? Um, I am following direction uh, of Danny because I'm in his stable now and yeah. um, I'm going to do my first comp uh, in real. Um, yeah, loads of people are doing that, aren't they? Yeah. With the whole team going in for yeah. that. Well, hopefully, I think spaces have gone fast, so I'm going to have to um, put my name down pretty quick tonight, I think. Get on your phone have now. You, have, you, have you checked the records for the BPU? Oh, I'm going to smash them. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you know when you do that do you go you'll automatically if you smash the record do you go to British you go to the Body Power Expo isn't that what, where it is the British I'll, the I'll, I'll just go with BPU. the flow but it's a British qualifier yeah. like competition yeah. um, everyone who goes should qualify because yeah. the qualifying totals are, are less weight in the BPU compared to the IPF the IPF for, the, for those of you who don't know are um, kind of like the highest standard mm. and it's the most common um, federation that people were lifting yeah. and then the BPU and other federations like the GPC um, I think there's a couple of other BPO stuff like that um, they will have uh, de- definitely a smaller population of lifters but still quite a high standard at like world level and stuff like that but it'll definitely be easier to qualify for British yeah. um, which is in body power in the expo in Birmingham if you know where that is, have you ever heard of body power expo? No I haven't no well, I've, no, I've seen it on the... So you know what it is. Yeah, yeah Big yeah. fitness exhibition. On the website. Yeah. yeah um, but I've never been to it, no. It's great. Um, yeah. That's what actually inspired me to start powerlifting and look into um, the, the training methods of powerlifting a little bit more. Uh, I remember seeing a 16-year-old kid lift there and um, he outlifted most average men on the day in front of like thousands of people. And I was just like... I want to do this. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And it was because like, he was one of the smallest people there, but one of the strongest, like pound for pound, you know, and he was like 16 years old. Yeah. And I was thinking, that's, that's brilliant. Like he's outlifting all these fellas who were screaming and like throwing um, smelling salts up the nose, <laughs> nose talk and stuff like that. And he's that. like, no fuss, lift it up. No fuss. I think he was a record holder and something. Yeah. But yeah, so the plan with that is to be able to go uh, take as many people to the, the Body Power Expo as possible. 
um, they can enjoy the weekend then as well and it's good to bring their profiles up as lifters if they want to do that um, and because we've got a high caliber of lifters at the gym anyway and they're so used to competing with a high standard of lifters from the IPF and there's a good chance that the likes of you I think Pauline Joe and maybe a handful of others will all all be British champions and get picked for the world squad Boom. so yeah. There you go. We've said it now, um, which means it's got to be. We've set, we've set the bar now. Set the bar, literally. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> what What would be your goal in powerlifting? Then, what's your like ultimate goal? What do you want to achieve in in the sport? Um, the, there are some sort. Of, well, squat, uh, British squat record holder would be nice. Yeah. Um, but if I get into worlds, even better. Um, but. To tell you the truth, this year um, has been a little bit sort of rubbish for me mm. uh, because after 2017, I then switched to Olympic lifting. Um, and in January this year, I went to my first Ollie lifting comp. This is only after 10 weeks training. Mm. And I came first, which was um, quite that's a good. shock. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, good. 10 weeks training, you came first. Yeah, in Gold my- medal. Wow. So natural athlete. Um and but the reason I stopped the Ollie lifting was because um I was a member of Primal Gym in Chester and they had a fifteen K bar. Um and in, in Ollie lifting, um females used a fifteen K bar yeah. because it's a bit narrower, shorter, and obviously lighter than the twenty K bar mm. used in powerlifting. And the gym just shut unexpectedly. Um, so then I was trying to find another gym in Chester that had a 15k bar and nobody did um, and then I heard about a powerlifting group starting at a, a gym and I thought well I'll go back to powerlifting that powerlifting class um, uh, finished after sort of just two weeks um, and I was gymless again so I was faffing about, faffing about, um, up to about May, trying to find a gym. And then in the end, um, I joined um, the Old Hall Country Club and Spa. <laughs> <laughs> what a contrast. <laughs> <laughs> From one extreme to the other, a spa. It's, it is a, a, beautiful, it's a beautiful gym, <laughs> but as you can tell, it's not, it's not like a powerlifting gym. But the equipment is good. Um, I was a member of there before, um, and I've always found the, the people there friendly. Uh, it's very clean and, you know, great. They've got a lovely squat rack and everything. So I joined there, um, but I needed to find a, a powerlifting coach. And as Danny mentioned, we've sort of, our paths have crossed during comps. And I've always found you to be super professional um, very supportive of, of the people that came with you to, to the comps and I thought that I'd, I'd join you so I emailed you and said can I can I join and that's that then so sounds like a Google review that Tess <laughs> <laughs> testimony what, so what, what, what was it like then going like doing powerlifting in like a spa country gym like what that's nuts. I know, <laughs> like, do people just look at you and go, what? This is, this she is should, one of the Everyone questions. should be in the sauna. Right, this like, is, um, <laughs> coming here this morning, I prepared loads of questions for you, and then I've just loaded the software up and the questions have gone, because technology is great. So, um, this was actually one of the questions, like, yeah. how do people react to you? Yeah. <laughs> because of one, your age. Secondly, you're a female, and it's not really common for, especially in a country club, yeah. uh, for ladies to be doing this, uh, <laughs> unless they're you know in a group in a certain atmosphere in a, yeah. in a powerlifting gym like here. You only see it in commercial. Gyms. Oh, I stand out. I without doubt. So how, I, how I, think, people I think people hear me um, before they see me right, because because right. yeah. I think people who know me and see me in comps that I can be a bit of a grunter and a screamer and. Um, so, but luckily, um, I train between eight and ten at night, and there's hardly anyone in there. Right. So, um, you and, scream I, th- the place and down. I think, yeah, they just see me coming in the car park. And they leave. And they leave. <laughs> um, um, and, so, walking um, out the car park, like, oh, yeah. oh, here she is. <laughs> Get out. But, uh, but I th- and, and the people that tend to train there um, have got used to me, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
But uh, no, I, it's it's fine. I haven't been told. This is why it's bizarre, like with UTS telling Avril to sort of quieten down, and they are known to be a bit of a, a sanctioned gym. competition venue. Yeah. yeah. They've got a platform which is fixed in the middle of the gym. Yeah, and yeah, I go to a, a spa club and screaming uh, the place down, and it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah mad, I, it? nobody says anything. Yeah. So. All right, then. So, what sort of feedback do you get from people there? Does anyone ever come over and say, "Wow, what you're doing there is great," or how do people re- respond or react to what you're doing there? No, or do no, they just nobody leave you? speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're too scared. That actually speaks volumes. To be fair, I haven't made I think any in- friends. I think they're intimidated. Yeah, you should go any time that someone's in a squat rack. Out, move now. It's mine. <laughs> see what? Yeah. See what they do. Uh, when they- I've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> When I'm on the, the squat rack, they know that they're not going to get it for about 40 minutes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But, um, no, I, I must admit, the couple of the uh, the lads that work there, the PTs and what have you, um, they will come over and talk to me and, you know, yeah. what are you lifting or what have you lifted today? And I yeah. you know, like 90K and wherever. And they're like, oh, that sounds quite good. But, okay. um, but no, I, I don't really... Um, I haven't made friends there. All right, then on a personal level or, you know, family, friends, how do they re- respond or react to what you're doing? Do they know that uh, you're an athlete and you've been competing in uh, the likes of powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, you know, the aerobic background, but then yeah. you've gone into a strength sport. So uh, in 2018, it is a, more of a common thing to see ladies doing. Yeah. But um, 5, 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't. And uh, people who are older... Um, typically won't associate with stuff like that or are quite old school in the mentality and the uh, the way they think. So um, they they wouldn't see it as a proper thing to do. Um, do you, you understand what I'm saying? I think... So how, how, would, you, how would your friends and family respond to, to you doing the sport? Um, or they just leave them? me to it. They understand yeah. any of it? I think... Um, mm, I don't know, really. I think um, if I put my mind to something, um, I, I will sort of succeed. And um, I've always enjoyed sport. So they didn't really think anything of it, really. Um, and they just leave me to it. But going to your point about women of a certain age and what have you, um, there seems to be like a tendency when you sort of hit 40, definitely 50 plus, that... You just have to do a power walk and Pilates, which is absolutely fine. You know, um, doing any sort of activity is better than nothing. Absolutely, yeah. But um, I would want to encourage um, slightly older women to to consider heavy weight lifting. Um, And the reason for that is um, as you get older, um, your muscle mass just starts to deplete and that's the natural aging process plus osteoporosis as well exactly um, arthritis, arthritis and all that yeah, yeah. so um, I, I would absolutely recommend heavy weight lifting for anyone who's sort of 40 plus because I think that's when you start to really feel your, your muscles just sort of like depleting yeah and um, you have to sort of train quite consistently because with the aging process, you're kind of swimming against a tide because you you can't stop the aging process. So in one way, once you hit a certain age, um, you are just working harder just to maintain yeah. almost, if you sort of see that. So It's hard to recover as well as you get older. And you have to take uh, sort of longer breaks to recover. Yeah. Um, and I think you sort of bad habits of your youth really catch up with you as well, but but it's not irreversible. And um, if you put your mind to it, um, uh, you know you can you can succeed in the sport. And I, and I would like to see more older women, more mature women, getting into the sport. There are small circles at the moment. You yeah. see, uh, um, like Brit- like national level, international level. There's. 60, 70, 80 year old ladies who do it now and it's very inspiring yeah. for me like to see these uh, these athletes at such an old age like still pushing on and like not letting age beat them down because no. a lot of people when they get to 
early 50s will just turn over you know what i mean just roll over and be like oh okay yeah and that's it now yeah, yeah i yeah. think with with that is as well like more uh, even men and women at the uh, over the age of 50 that's when they start getting like maybe like you know heart problems or they have like cholesterol all that stuff and yeah doing more exercise is obviously going to help them further their life they could add what 10 15 years maybe onto their life or something yeah yeah and, and with like arthritis and you know stuff like that and people say oh i can't do weightlifting because i've got i've got a bad shoulder or i've got bad knees but they don't recognize that doing the strength sports will actually strengthen them joints and and no that's true uh, it's it's sort of like a bit of a catch 22 yeah. because um it's you know uh, i've got um sort of arthritic uh, knuckles and what have you um and yeah it's sort of like they they do get painful but then i i'm more pain free yes do, yeah. doing um heavy weightlifting mm. Um, and also for your posture and everything, um, you know, it does you a whole lot of good. And also, as you get older, with your muscles um, depleting, um, we were talking about my mum and how she's now got a tendency to fall. If you keep your uh, muscles strong, and once you start getting to that 60, 70 age group, yeah. um, if you've got strong muscles... Uh, you're less likely to to fall, yeah. and if you do fall, course, you yeah. can get yourself up. Mm. That's quite common for a lot of older people who yeah. are like who do fall. It's it's because they've not got the the stability yeah. or the strength to yeah. stay up. Yeah, that's, that, that's all. And you need sticks and stuff to make yeah. sure that they don't fall. Yeah. But obviously, with squatting and stuff, it'll help you with your strength in your hips. Yeah, your your legs to keep you balanced and stuff. So, yeah, I I agree with you there. Yeah. People should be strength training and as the, long as they can uh, but but as a as a woman doing sort of heavy weightlifting, and you, you talk to people and, and what have you and they they've said to me oh you don't really look very bulky <laughs> and um here we go <laughs> yeah and when i say i'm not a bodybuilder that's a totally different discipline um i do strength training and and what have you hard for um, people to grasp the difference isn't it yeah yeah people immediately associate lifting weights with bodybuilding yeah it's that yeah. common misconception isn't it and um you know you, you sort of speak to to people and they go oh you know i don't want to get too bulky um sick of it sick yeah. of it <laughs> or i want a tone that's another one yeah, that's right. a pet take a seat <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I just want a toned body. Well, lift heavy weights. Yeah. Was that a Scouse accent? Yeah. <laughs> that was good, that. I want a toned body. That's sound off. <laughs> oh, I'm sick of it, isn't it? And, you know, just one long, nice muscle. Um, but again, I would just say get into heavy weights. And it kills me when I see what I used to do. Yeah. Women, have they've got like two kilo sort of things and they're just flapping about and I've got to stop myself from going over to them to say what what do you think you're doing and uh, you know what what benefit you get in here apart from maybe a little bit of mobilization or something mm. um and it, it sort of kills me a little bit because I've seen some leisure PT trainers tell them to do that. And, yeah, I think uh, people are just scared, aren't they, to, to actually lift heavy to see what's going to happen instead of doing the two, put, do eights or tens. Well, the you the thing is, it's, you have to, there is an element of bravery in the sport. Once you start getting really heavy, oh, definitely. Yeah, you, you push your limits. Yeah. You're psychologically, you're pushing, like, you're like, oh my God, I might not get up here. Yeah, yeah. But you still try and do but, it anyway. And this is why you have to just keep chipping and chipping yeah. and chipping away at it. Get yourself technically sound um, to then lessen the, the risk of, you know, you're tumbling with the heavy weight and what have you. But then, has, that, has that ever happened to you? Yes, um, yes. Uh, so how did you respond? Was Did it become a fear factor then? Or had you kind of, because you'd been there and you'd, you'd failed the lift, it was like, right, that's the worst thing that can happen now, so... Um, uh, it did. Uh, it was basically. Uh, th- it was only sixty kilos doing squat, but um, it was the first time me doing seventy kilos at squat, 
and um, it was in a gym that didn't have any um, safety bars or anything. So I tipped forward where the spotter was behind me. Yeah. So um, it pretty much sort of pinned me down. Yeah. And, and it did hurt my neck. Um, and then I just sort of said, that's it, um, I'm cutting this session short. Yeah. Anyway, next day I went into work and I was a little bit stiff. Yeah. And um, uh, I was talking to one of the bosses and he said, get yourself to the doctors. He, he was not happy. And I said, no, I feel fine. And he said, I'm not having you in work after dropping 70 kilos on your neck. So then that's, that's a fair shout. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then the next time I went to the gym, yeah, I st- stuck to the 60, 65s for a little while. Um, but then once you sort of get 70, you've done it, 75, and then you sort of forget about it. But so it become a metal block, but then you just gradually come past it and become yeah. less of a metal block. Then. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a strength issue for you. It was just more... Um, I just seemed to tip forward. Yeah. So most probably it was poor um, foot placement or something, maybe yeah. sort of too wide Ankle or something. mobility or something. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So um, you're in your 50s, Tess. Yeah. What challenges have you faced trying to do well in such a competitive sport like powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting um, or just lifting in general as you're getting older? Um, as I say, the um, muscle depletion and just trying to train consistently. Um, so that, that that can be sometimes a bit of an effort, um, but but not too many to be honest. Um, recently, um, because of like personal circumstances, like I've lost my dad in August, that has been that did floor me. So I didn't train for a little while. Um, so, uh, but that's not an age-related thing because all of us lose someone we love at any age. The way it goes, the so, circle of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but I think now that I've got to... Oh, no, as a matter of fact, when I first spoke to somebody about wanting to lift heavy, um, and this was a PT in a, in a leisure gym... Um, he did smirk a little bit, and um, and that did put me off. Um, and but but once you get to a certain level, I think people just leave you alone. As as I am. When you say smirk, you you so, inquired about lifting with um, him, or no? I said I wanted to um, get you know get strong. Was and he coaching you, or was it just a conversation? Um, it was a, it was a one to one session with him. Right. Yeah, so, and, he, he, and then at the end of the session, yeah. he said, oh, I thought you were going to be a bit of a nightmare, um, but you're actually quite strong. Well, Sounds like a bit of a knob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Never judge a book by its cover. If you're a personal trainer and you listen to this and you've got someone like Tess or anyone, female, elderly client, whatever, don't judge them. No. Straight away. Yeah, let they them do what they want probably outlift you. That's the thing as well. Like he probably la- did he like smirk, like laugh it off, go, oh, yeah, she's gonna be a power though, yeah, haha, <laughs> yeah. I've oh. got a feeling he just didn't know kind of what to do, and yeah. and, per- and possibly uh, he had like a set piece for for females at a certain age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of wafting these little weights. Yeah, we said that last a couple of weeks ago. Then we you need to adapt as a PT. You can't just have one thing for everybody. You just should have just One got rid of. Not fit yeah, all, you should have just got it? rid of him straight away when yeah. he said that. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Happy. <laughs> That's days. the right thing to do. That's really interesting. So, uh, tell us what are your best numbers across the for, for the powerlift for the powerlifts, the squat, bench, deadlift, and for your Olympic lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch. Um, for my squat, I've done ninety five as my best. Um. But I, I know I'm going to smash that. I just oh, we know will. It. We will. Um, and I would hope this time next year of getting to a British record, which I'd have to get to 116. Is that uh, IPF record? Yes, uh, it British is IPF. Palatin. Yeah. See what happens then. Yeah. I don't mind if you, you compete in both. It's up to you, isn't it? Well, that that's that's the sort of 
marker I'm looking at, mm. I suppose, is past uh, 150. If you set, set the bar high and then compete in the, the BPU or any other Fed, then you yeah. can absolutely obliterate all the records, aren't yeah. you? Because they're going to be a lower standard, I think. Typically, it's a higher standard than the IPF, so... Mm. But um, but I'd like in the in the competition in Rill in March, uh, I'd like to nail a very comfortable ninety five. Um, but you know we'll see we'll see. Triple digits. <laughs> Triple digits. Open on a hundred. <laughs> what about your bench then? Uh, bench, um, I have done a sixty. Not paused. Doesn't count. <laughs> but so fifty seven. Fifty seven. Fifty seven point five. Yeah. yeah. Better. Beds? Uh, deadlift, um, it was 110. Okay. Snatch? So. Oh, my snatch was... Uh, You've ever done a snatch, by the way? It's so fucking hard to do. Yeah. I think it was um, 24. And then um, my clean and press. I've forgotten, actually, but it's... It, um, I think it was 40. When you say clean and press, did you literally just strip press it? You didn't do the jerk. You didn't do the push press. Oh, the jerk. Sorry. Clean and jerk. She went up there and Clean and jerk. Straight through. I wouldn't put it it past you. No, I think... think, uh, No, no. uh, uh, I did have it on my Instagram. It's on my Instagram. And it's the one that I say chops to. Chops? Chops. What do you mean? (laughs) It... I, I got it up to, to um, I cleaned it. Yeah. And then I'm sort of like bouncing it and I just yeah. go chops <laughs> before I, I check it. I compelled you to say that. I don't know. Was it like a, I don't I don't know. Know, like a nervous. Uh... It, it, was, it, it was like my Kiai sort of thing. Chops. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Let us know what your Kiai is in the comments. Chops. Whatever gets you going before you lift. <laughs> Normally it's just a grunt from me. <laughs> chops. <laughs> do, you have, uh, do you have chops for tea? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, was, it just came out chops. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to speak to our Olympic lifting coach, Joe, and see what his best uh, cues are for yeah. his ki. <laughs> That's amazing. But Ollie lifting is it is very, very What weight was it? Sorry for the cleaning jerk. I think it was about 40. 40. Great. Yeah. Can't yeah. remember. What's it like then to be able to outlift people who are like... I don't know. People who are half your age, say. Um, What's that feel like knowing that? Oh, it's it's nice when I'm in the country club and spa. Um, yeah, and you're the strongest motherfucker in there. <laughs> <laughs> that no, there are so there are some strong guys in there, but um, uh, you know the the deadlift in sort of eighty, and I'm sort of like, mm. come on, boys. <laughs> yeah, and then I then I sort of. Do my bits at eighty five <coughs> and what have you, and uh, you know is because I'm quite petite, you know, fifty year old petite woman that is doing what they're 57 doing. Fifty seven kilo, it's <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. How do how, how do you think that makes other people feel when they see you and like you say that you're like um, you're double their age, say? Yeah. And they're trying to lift and get into it. Do you think that they see you do it and they're like, wow, if this lady can do it who's double my age and half my body weight, then. Do you think that acts as inspiration for people, or you think that might have a I've no idea. An adverse effect? I've, I've Has no, no one idea. ever give you any feedback on that? No, Has no one ever come over to me and said, it... "Wow, what you're doing is amazing." Kind no, of thing. no. Well, it is Tess. I am, I am friendless in that spa. That's a shame. People probably still look at you and go, "Did you draw inspiration from you though?" Probably. They'll probably not come and talk to you. But they'll be like, "Bloody hell, she's quite strong there." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sort of what people are thinking. Well, we've got, we've got about 10, 15 minutes left. So, uh, Tess, you are the bug lady. Yes. Uh, Get into it. That's the business name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. You eat worms and you've got you brought worms with you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've got loads of questions now. <laughs> Come on, then. Tell us. Well, What's this about? Um, as a lightweight, um, bodyweight, light bodyweight lifter, um, to maintain sort of that weight whilst eating lots of protein I was finding it really difficult um so I just sort of googled alternative protein sources and I came across uh, a cricket pasta from a company called Bugsolutely 
and absolutely uh, (laughs) it is isn't it and uh i think usual pasta protein content is about five grams per every hundred grams uh cricket pasta is 20 grams uh, with every hundred grams so um gains yeah and it's so easy because it's just pasta. Mm. So you put your tuna on top or whatever. Get your pasta, get your tuna, and yeah. get your crickets. <laughs> so <laughs> you got the crickets, love. So on on LinkedIn, um, go in the fridge, get some crickets. <laughs> no, well that's, that's, that's amazing. Kind of Tell what us got. more. This is amazing. I know. I, I, Why did we speak so much about lifting? I want to know more about this. I know. It's great. So um, we need to put an extra half an hour into this now. Hundred percent. I'll be really quick. Okay, go. So on LinkedIn then, um, I uh, connected with Booksolutely and then through their connections and what have you, um, the, the whole insect world just opened out. <laughs> and then I realised how much protein insects have. They are a very, very high protein food. Um, they've got the omegas as well, omega-3, omega-6, which I think some other plant-based proteins don't have. And then, um, so just started to buy crickets and buffalo and mealworms. Where where do we buy these things from? Um, I've just got a load from China, um, but there's a company in Sweden now, and I'm going to start buying it from there. So you can't go to the shop and buy crickets? You've got to order them online? Yeah, it's all online. It's all online. How much does that cost? Sorry, how much does that cost? They're actually not that cheap, but that's because um, they're not mainstream. Mm. And that's part of my get into it. Um, mission is to make um, edible insects a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. Um, and I think definitely for lifting uh, community, um, I think it's just a no-brainer. Because mm. um, you can have like insect powder that you can make your own smoothies out of. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there are there are a lot of companies now that do have cricket powder um protein bars and what have you so it's 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 starting it's it is starting but then where can can people find more information about this you say you uh your mission is to be able to educate more people on the benefits of this so yeah where can where can people find this shameless plug um where can we find you oh me yeah to get this information get into it you got a website no i haven't got a website social media uh, Instagram. Instagram and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. So your Instagram's uh, Tessie Green Eyes, yeah. isn't it? And LinkedIn's just Tessie I've been calling you all morning. And LinkedIn, Tessie Flarty. Yeah. Have you set up a business page on LinkedIn for Get Into It? Uh, well, no, because I'm waiting for my logo and ah, everything. Okay. So it's going to start. Coming soon. And I'm going to start supper clubs. And I also will be posting recipes. Um, on LinkedIn and Instagram. Give us an example recipe. Um, a burger uh, where on. you've got um, mashed potatoes, carrots, sweet potato. Um, Sounds good so far. So um, wait for it. And then and then your <laughs> beans. You sort of put in your legumes and everything. Okay. Um, and then you just bung in a lot of worms into it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> And then, and ah. then you know, sort of flavour it up with like curry powders and what have you. Okay. So you can't taste the actual. Do, well, do have, does it have distinct flavours? These insects, or can you I not taste, taste the nuts? So if you like nuts, um, the cricket tastes of um, like a walnut. Mealworms are quite oaty. Um, mm. don't really taste of anything and, and you've, I've got you've brought some there. stuff haven't you and I'm going to try one yeah. uh, just so everyone can see our reaction because we are videoing this as well yeah. this is um, this is a live bush this tucker is live. trial okay uh, this is a, this is literally is a, a bush, bush tucker, tucker trial, trial yeah it? it is oh my so, god where's Ant and Dech right what are we looking at uh, an overcooked flapjack <laughs> it's okay I kind of feel better about that well, it, it takes chocolate or the worms it... are cooked through, overcooked. I'd rather have overcooked worms than uncooked worms. Oh, they're dried. They are dried out. So you purchase them I'm dried. I'm really nervous. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, when um, the, the, it is hard. It smells good. Right, I'll have one. I'll try one. You know, my uh, my, my auntie lives in Shanghai. So every time she goes to markets, she finds like 
you know, crickets on bloody sticks, sticks and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know how someone can do that. Well, what's really it, good. What's it like? They're nice. Mm. What's the protein content in this then? In like one of these? Um, I don't know because I can't work it out. I can't taste the worms. Right. But you won't. It is really finger. Oh, there it is. There's a worm there, look. Pick the worm off and eat it. And, that, it and that's oh. the whole thing. If you, if you integrate <laughs> the, the insects into like burgers, into flapjacks, um, into smoothies, you can't taste them. You just can't taste them. And yet that is fortified with um, cricket powder and it's got the mealworm, it's got the pistachios, which will have the um, protein content. They're really chewy. They're really good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Not there we have it. Try it. Give it a go. So, you can start selling this stuff. That, yes, that's that's my long-term aim, that I have uh, get into it, little food range. Well, sounds great. So, so people are able to order, like, to be able to order treats and meals and stuff like that, yeah. and you'll send it to them. Yes. Flat packed and all that. Uh, I'd like all. to do that. I'd like yeah. to do that. But I, I, but initially, I'll need to get people mm. kind of used to it. But you can't taste it, can you? You can't taste it. can't taste it. You can just see them. Yeah. Mm. Wow. No, they're really good. So they've got uh, they've got worms and crickets in. Just just uh, mealworm. Mealworm. Just mealworm. And mealworm uh, have got like the texture of like Rice Krispies. What are the benefits of eating bugs? Well, it is a sustainable protein, so it's it's a high protein source, and it's an alternative protein source. And why is that important? Um, well, once I looked into the whole edible insect world, and I could see how I can get more protein into my diet quite easily. But then you sort of look at the environmental message. Yeah. And um, we've all sort of heard about climate change. Carbon footprints and all that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and how livestock... Um, Cowspiracy, you know. Have you watched that? What? Cowspiracy. Yes, yeah. That's what is that now. Um, so I've started to eat less meat. I'm like uh, meat-free Mondays and things like that. Um, and, and if we eat less meat, but then start looking at alternative protein sources, we will be doing our bit to help with climate change as well. So there's a, an ecological message, environmental message as, as well as... People like that these days as well, don't they? Everyone's Well, we've got to do something about, about it. We can't, we can't ignore it. Yeah. Um, so this is, the, this is the mission you're on. This is your, the statement you're trying to make. You're trying to... Uh, this is going to be your legacy as such... Well, the thing is, it's kind of, we can't carry on as we are with climate change. We, we just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time it really starts to affect people, I'll, I'll be dead, I'll be gone. So it'll be for like your kids that we, we have to do something now before it just gets a little bit too late. I think we're already in that stage, aren't we? We're coming into that stage now. Um, I think people are starting to panic. Um, And just like with the plastic waste that's suffocating our oceans. And we've been a little bit wasteful. We haven't... We've taken sort of um, the Earth's resources for granted a little bit. And And then you've got people like uh, Trump going out of the... um, What's the... What's what's the agreements everyone had in the world to cut oh, down? Oh well, he, he's he's, he's gone, gone out back, of that, and he, yeah, from the Paris Agreement. The, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then this new guy in Brazil, he's a right wing, and he wants to get rid of more the Amazon oh, rainforest that, yeah. to yeah. to um, for plantations and well, yeah. if if you stuff like that. For people that follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn, I'm also a little bit against palm oil as well because of deforestation. Mm. Um, That's interesting. So, so you don't eat peanut butter or anything? Is it? Uh, no, you can get palm oil free peanut, peanut, butter. peanut okay. butter. So um, everyone can do a little bit more by maybe exploring different uh, sources of protein. For example, what you're doing with the insects. So if you want some more information about that, research uh, what Tess is doing uh, to get into it. You'll have a websites and stuff, I imagine, in the future. But for now, find you on LinkedIn and just social media. slide me a DM. Ooh, slide in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I Tess, I, I I really like them. You know, they were I lovely. Think, yeah, I, I I'd buy them. I really would buy. There you them. go, oh, first yeah. customer. No, that, that's good to hear because 
Um, there is a massive, massive yuck factor. You know, if you say insects and like food, people just get like yuck straight away. Oh yeah, that's, I think, a, I think that's my first reaction. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think we're very open-minded in that way. In that, you know, we just tried it, but I wasn't like going and like, you know, I doing was. all that. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I was fine. I was messing earlier. I was messing earlier on. I was messing earlier on. <laughs> but I was fine with it, so I think they tasted okay. But but you, but you can you can integrate them like in stir fries, mm. uh, and in the end, the the sauce that you do. Let's say you have black bean, whatever oyster sauce, that will be the o- overriding flavour. So yeah. you can't really taste the insects. Yeah, and how like so when they come, do you say they're already cooked? And no, they're, they're dried. dried. They're, they're dried. dried. Okay, so yeah. how how like is there a certain way you have to cook them before like? Because if you don't like, you know, the chicken no, you and you undercook of... them, that you get salmonella. Do you get anything from? Oh like, no, no. no, oh no. no. You need bugs else. raw, can't you? Um, without any, without any problems. To tell you the truth, the only ones I've eaten have been the dried sort because that's the only way yeah. I can buy them. Yeah. But I, I will be starting to breed my own. Oh, Are you going to try them breed. raw? Am I going to try them? Try them raw without them being. Uh, cooked. I'm. Uh, well, I want to make pâtés out of them. Um, Interesting. So, uh, so for Christmas next year, I want to have like mealworm pâté. And <laughs> don't tell your guests. Just make them eat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just say, them. Yeah, yeah, you gotta eat that now. Otherwise, you're rude. Not. But eating the thing it. is, because they haven't got, a sh- they're not that f- flavorful. <clears throat> uh, I'm not quite sure how it's all gonna work. Sure well, I'm going to be out. experimenting in the kitchen. That sounds good. Yeah. Tess, thank you so much for coming on the show. Wish yeah, we had more you. time with you today, but I know you need to go and... Um, to have my haircut. Haircut, yeah. Short <laughs> back and sides. <laughs> uh, Tess, you've been fantastic. and uh, No, thank you very much. Very knowledgeable on the subject of protein from insects, so I'll definitely be, uh, definitely be getting some more information from you on that one yeah. because they were lovely. How, um, one more question, sorry. How long do you think it'll be until you start, like... Start uh, producing these on a mass scale and, and selling them to oh, people, or and you. I can't. I can't. That down the line. I can't sort of. I can't think of that at the moment because um, mm. I have to do a lot of cooking myself to get um, to nail a recipe right. So then yeah. I, every time I cook it, it I can repeat it mm. every time because uh, they're a little bit too hard. Um, so once I start to get my own recipes and I can nail them over and over again, then I think that's when I'll start doing the supper clubs, get the word out, and then I'll start doing the get Great. into it food range. Get, get some sounds, protein into your diet. Get into it. Yeah. There got you go. just got to Shame, get into it. Shameless plug. Tess, thanks very much for Thank coming you. on the show today. Yeah, we it was really interesting. Back on, definitely. Um, make sure you subscribe to the show for future episodes and maybe another episode with Tess. You can like, share, leave a review. Uh, any comments, any questions, leave a comment below. Thanks for listening to Thank the bar. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>